Hey everyone, you are watching the Ninja Cast, where we invite the most aspiring software engineers every now and then. Today we will be discussing the challenges and opportunities of working on a messaging platform with over two billion users. Guess, guess, yes, WhatsApp. I guess WhatsApp is the most used social media platform these days, and we have a software engineer. Uh, working there on board today, Mr. Asim Rohir. He is an SDE at WhatsApp San Francisco, and uh, we got introduced by our mutual connection. And I found him totally a humble person. Hi, Asim. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Okay, Asim. Uh, tell us a little about your background and how did you end up at WhatsApp? We want to know the whole story. Uh, it's a long story. <laughs> So what I will try to do is summarize it. So I'm a software engineer. Um, I was born in Pakistan. We, the whole family moved to US a long time ago and I studied here. I became a software engineer. I went to many different Fortune 500 companies, worked for them. And like three years ago, I joined Facebook. And within Facebook, I joined WhatsApp. Uh, the reason for joining WhatsApp is it's a product that I use every day. I've been using it for past five years. Really love it, very passionate about it. It helps a lot to stay in touch with your family. So this is something that I use every day and I'm passionate. So that's why I picked WhatsApp to uh, join. So I don't know if you know, at Facebook, when you join, you have the option, or you go through the bootcamp, right? You have the option to go select a team. So basically the roles are reversed. Earlier, when you're interviewing, right, the company is interviewing you. Once you're in the bootcamp, it's separate. It's like totally different. You get to interview all those teams and pick the one that resonates the most with you. So that's kind of very short um, background. Mm -hmm. Okay. If anyone wants to apply, what's uh, what's the interview process and all? So the interview process is exactly the same as the Facebook interview process. Um, again, uh, it's, uh, I would say, at least three coding interviews, right? One um, behavioral, one system design interview. So again, this is just minimal. It can be more less, but again, at least three coding interviews. So if someone needs to apply, right, you have to be good at coding because that's what you will be doing all day. Um, to, how do you get better at it? That's a separate story. We can talk about that later. But again, like you have to go through this whole path to get in, right? And it's, uh, and the, I have been at um, interview side, right? So I know exactly what goes on behind the scenes. And the thing is, they have so many applicants, right? They have the opportunity and they have the right to be picky. So if, <laughs> They, someone is able to, let's say, get the coding done, right? But they are like, hey, they took like two more minutes, right? So they can say, oh yeah, he, he's okay, but uh, I, we will pass. We'll find something, someone else who was like more able to solve this problem. So again, it's a very rigorous process. So it's not just Facebook, like Google, Facebook, all these big companies, Amazon, they're the same. Um, the interview style differs a little bit, but at the end of the day, right? They have thousands of people interviewing and they are very picky. So you have to bring your best game. You have to bring your A game in, right? You have to practice really hard, right? 
bring your best game in and then um, with like luck, that's how you get in. I guess you're lucky enough because you got picked. So, okay. So if we hop on to our topic directly today, so it, it, would, it would be more like how WhatsApp approach problem solving and decision making uh, within the engineering team. So WhatsApp, um, I don't know if you know the history of WhatsApp, right? It's a very small company. Um, when they got acquired, I think they had like 20, 30 people, which if you look, right, paying 17, 16, 17 billion dollars for such a small company was crazy. But again, it was all for the user base. Uh, but anyways, so the the design, the the model back then was very different. It has evolved since then, right? So the problem at that time, sorry, the problem solving style at that time was like, okay, we have this small problem that we need to work and it's just a lot of engineers and I think they had one or two PMs at most, but everyone was just um, working like day and night on trying to solve the problem, trying to streamline the experience, right? And the problem that they were trying to solve was there are a lot of applications that you can use Skype, right, Messenger, and all those things. They work, but the problem is, like a third third world internet, right? How can you have a reliable connection that always works, right? So they put in a lot of effort in, and that's that's what they focused on, right? And that was one of the reasons, like this app got popularity in like India, Mexico, Pakistan, and all over the world, where the internet was like very bad because people were able to use it to connect so that was a problem that they were trying to like fix and that's how they like got a big market share and the way they were uh, tackling problems technically was it was like very ad hoc we have this problem how can we solve it you talk to your co-workers right um, brainstorm a couple of ideas and just implement it so no like um, big documents, no long process of getting approvals and all of that, right? It's a, just get it done because uh, again, with such a small team, right? You don't have that luxury of doing all those extra things. So that's how they evolved. Now, uh, WhatsApp is, has grown to, I think around 800 to 1000 people, which is still very small, yeah, uh, but, but again, like, uh, the way we are solving problems is a little bit different right now it's more uh, you can say every team is very specialized for example the team i work with they are working on the business side so so we just focus on all the business related issues how can, what can we do how can we fix this problem right what can we do better faster all of that stuff so again every team is doing it differently uh, Okay, so you said uh, the uh, team at WhatsApp evolved. So what what is the tech stack uh, WhatsApp used initially and how they have evolved over time? So uh, good question. So interestingly, on the server side, they were Erlang kind of, they moved to Erlang, which is, I don't know um, if you know, it's a, language used mainly um, on the networking stack or switches. So they used it to develop uh, entire server infrastructure. And 
one of the reasons that they're uh, that they are able to scale to like two plus billion users is because they picked the right stock. So originally they experimented with other things, but again, this is something that they switched early on and they, then they stayed with it. And that's what we are using right now. <clears throat> so this is the server side stack on the client side. It's Android, iOS, this native uh, apps, nothing special. Okay, there's uh, one thing I really want to ask. What sort of engineering culture at WhatsApp is prevalent and how it contributes to the success of the company? So, Since you were, uh, yeah. Yeah, so one thing is, um, I would say is, you will see the ownership, right? So mm -hmm. the people you uh, working at WhatsApp, right? They, they are expected to own things. For example, like if they see a problem, right? Instead of saying, yeah, let's uh, let someone else take care of it or like let's add it to a backlog or something like that, right? People proactively jump on it and they work on it and resolve it. And this is also when at the end of the year, then when they're doing this um, uh, promotions and all that, right? They do take into account like how someone jumped in into a situation or like fixed that bug and basically fix the customer <clears throat> customer issue or impact. Mm -hmm. So these kind of things, like this culture, like ownership culture, uh, is something that you, I mean, um, you will see at Facebook as well, but at even WhatsApp, since it's a much smaller organization, right? Uh, you see it happening much more. So uh, protecting user privacy is very important. Implementation of end-to-end -end encryption is important. So how it is being integrated into the WhatsApp? Six, seven years ago, when this switched to like end-to-end -end encryption. So basically they laid the foundation right so everything between two people is encrypted so i'm talking about the content of the message right but when you send a message right the server needs to know where to send this message to so let's say if i send you a message right server needs to know oh this message needs to go to you so even though it's encrypted right server can see it but there's metadata for example send it to your number phone number one two three four five right so that's also um, identified as user data. So when we are designing a feature or when we're doing like building something from scratch, right? We have to think about, okay, what are the legal implications of, let's say, can we store this information? Can we not store it? Like what, what do we do with this information? So there's a huge process, um, non-technical process of making sure the data that we that's passing through, right? It's just bare minimum that we need. It's not like I need X, Y, Z, because if I don't need X, Y, Z to send this message to do, to you, right, I shouldn't be collecting it. So for example, uh, let's say I'm, I'm sending you a message, so all I need is your metadata, which is your phone number, right? And that's the only thing that goes, I mean, like goes through the system. And in terms of logging, you, logging it, we don't log, let's say, we don't log that I sent you a message. None of that information is stored. It's only like, hey, there was some crash, something like that, right? So only that kind of information is kind of logged anywhere. So you can see like in terms of user privacy, we are very, um, very sensitive to it. So that like, because at the end of the day, the whole 
uh, product that WhatsApp is selling is like it's end to end encrypted. We don't store your information. We don't do this. We don't do that. It's in our terms of service. So again, that that's the reason like we spend a lot of time and energy in that. Okay, so how WhatsApp is like using AI and machine learning for improving the user experience, or can say combat the misinformation? We that's see that's the disadvantage of having end-to-end -end encryption because we can't see the message we can't do any ai or any anything to prevent misinformation right yeah, so that's, that's, actually that that's linked to the previous one as well yeah so what happened right if you remember um during covid time um one thing the change which is let's say if a message has been forwarded x number of times right the limit uh, how easily you can forward it. For example, you try to forward an image or something and you say, oh, you, I can only select one person from my contact list. So you can send it one by one. So the only reason for doing that was just to limit the like misinformation, right? Because let's say something has been forwarded 10 times. Like, is it really something that you should want to spread it to like thousand people or should we just let you send it to one or two? So that kind of stuff, that's what we can do from like misinformation point of view. There's not a not much we can do um, on the spam and integrity. Right. Let's say if there is a user who's sending like thousands of messages to hundreds of people. Right. So we have AI systems built for that, which track this kind of anomalous behavior and basically ban that user. So we have that particular type of AI and integrity stuff. Okay, uh, can you give us a sneak peek into uh, what sort of features or project projects you're working currently at WhatsApp? I would love to, but I can, I don't think <laughs> uh, I should be um, talking about that. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. That's not the issue. Okay, how WhatsApp handles and prioritizes uh, like bugs and customer feedback. So customer, uh, so there, again, you can imagine with the product like this, like there's a huge backlog of things that people want. But again, like uh, we have to look at our current business needs. So um, for example, right, if, um, if there's a feature, for example, uh, let's say, uh, this um we released that um i forgot the name of the feature so in our groups right you can only have up to 256 people in a group so one of the really big asks was like we need to have more people in groups right so that's why they we created these um, social groups so where you can like it's non unencrypted one where you can have like thousands of people so again depends on that like what's the big ask like uh, which will have the best impact and also like we have to look at our competitors mm -hmm. for example like telegram they have these groups where they can, you can have thousands mm -hmm. of people and we never have that so like what makes sense from business point of view as well as like having a good user experience so both kind of inputs go in and based on that we decide okay this is what we should be doing okay so this is related a uh, role of a b testing and data analysis in the development of uh, new features at whatsapp Yes. So one thing uh, you will see that WhatsApp is doing differently uh, till you can say till last year is 
we never had these A-B tests. So the WhatsApp culture was, we will build something, we will polish it, right, until it's just amazing and it always works and then we'll ship it. The Facebook culture was and it still is, is they build something, they do A-B test, see how it's performing, right? If they get positive result, they will go ahead with that. So they were like within Meta, you will see these two mindsets. So what is happening now at WhatsApp is we want to move fast, just like the Facebook's move fast tomorrow. Uh, we want to move fast. And as part of that, we are slowly doing this A-B testing. But again, it's very limited. It's not as extensive like, like Facebook where like they A-B test each and everything. Uh, so again, this is uh, the WhatsApp culture, but again, um, there are certain every company. Obviously. Okay. So, uh, what was the impact of WhatsApp acquisition by uh, Facebook on its development and product strategy? Uh, nothing, I would say. Uh, so, for a long time, they acquired WhatsApp and it was just running as a separate organization, which is still the case. However, having said that, now with the business integrations, right? What's happening is we are building these APIs that we sell to uh, like big businesses, right? And they use these APIs to send and receive messages. For example, if you're like, uh, if you want to talk to Emirates, right? Emirates integrated with the WhatsApp business APIs and you can just use WhatsApp to talk to Emirates. And similarly, Emirates can send you updates about your flight. Again, I'm just making Emirates up. I, I don't know if they do it, but there are other companies. But, yeah, so they can send you updates via WhatsApp instead of sending via SMS. So that kind of stuff, and that's how WhatsApp makes money. Okay, apart from all these questions, what's your pet peeve at work? I don't have a pet peeve. <laughs> Long calls, unscheduled meetings, anything. Uh, so again, uh, you have to be flexible, right? So meetings can pop up. It's yeah. it's something that um, uh, as you grow, right? You will see like um, like junior engineers who are just joining, right? They don't have that many meetings, but as you like get up the ladder, right? You you have much more meetings, and like in terms of the time you spend on engineering, the coding that goes down. So meetings is part of life, and you have to just yeah. embrace. Okay, any inspiring story you want to share here? Anything. It could be from your educational uh, journey and it could be from your career journey. You can share any. That's, uh, you're putting me on a spot right now. Let me just, mm -hmm. let me think about it. Actually, one of the things is um, from WhatsApp, right? So sometimes as an engineer, you build something and you say, oh yeah, it will help someone, it will have some impact. But the kind of stories you hear from people, especially like Mexico and like uh, people with like, who don't have that many economic opportunity, right? And the impact WhatsApp business made in their lives, it's uh, surprising. So people are actually running businesses on WhatsApp and basically earning money, making money. And you, when you hear stories about them, like, I don't think anyone thought of like WhatsApp 
can be used as that kind of platform where people can um, who who can barely read and write they can use it to make money and earn uh, 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 earn a, earn a living let's put it this way this is this is so true in Pakistan as well people are actually yeah. doing that yeah exactly yeah and it's uh, the the one of the interesting parties right people they use the audio feature which because they can't read and write they just know if I I, I press this person's picture, right? I press and then send the audio message, and that's how they communicate. And this is um, like very surprising to me. Before, like, normally, as a like per, someone who can read, write English, right? You will say, "Hey, everyone can do that," but the reality is the world is totally different, right? And uh, and like the more tools that you give people, the better their life gets. What advice do you want to give to all the young uh, software engineers who are just starting their career? So, a um, lot of advice. I would say, uh, first thing is hard work. So, like being on time, right? Making sure all the commitments that you make you fulfill them on time. I know the Pakistani way is like, oh yeah, it's okay. Yeah, Again, if you want to succeed in life, right, you cannot succeed with this kind of attitude. It's very hard for us to understand it because we don't have the exposure of outside world. But when you go outside, you realize the world doesn't work that way. For example, right, if uh, you commit someone like this thing, will be delivered on this day, you have to deliver, deliver it. Or if, let's say, if there is something that's stopping you, right, you have to communicate it early in the process. Again, this is one of the habit buildings and that you have to build, and only then you can succeed. And the other thing is, right, I would highly recommend, like, people who are joining, learn from people who are already in the field, right, um, instead of just doing what's assigned to you, go above and beyond, right? And learn like why they're doing this, right? What's the impact? What's the use case? So that, let's say tomorrow when you have the opportunity to do something more, right? You're ready for that. So if you keep in that mindset where you just wake up, go do the stuff that's assigned to you, and then go back to sleep, right? Like you're not learning anything. It's just like you're learning what's assigned to you. Go above and beyond because that's how you will grow. So that's my, you can say, second tip. Thank you so much, Asim. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you very much for having me here.